if anybody out there is like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is crazy. This is hard. Yeah. Okay, great. You're in the right place. Now just lean on the Lord and let his strength come through in your weakness because you don't have to be strong. That's Ainsley B. And you are listening to Sister Grow Your Business, the podcast dedicated to helping you, the female Christian entrepreneur, start and grow your business God's way. And today's guest is Ainsley Britton. She is an Enneagram coach and speaker, and you are in for a treat with this episode. Now let's get into the show. Ainsley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you. For, for those that uh, don't know you or your business, tell us a little bit about you and who you serve and how you help. I am one of those people who wears, you know, all the different hats, but they all work together. I'm an author, speaker, Enneagram coach, um, online mentor, and I'm actually currently launching miniature like online courses, kind of more field guides for things like connecting with the Lord, staying productive and all those fun things. And I mainly serve... Um, about probably 18 to 35 year old women, um, generally speaking. And I'm obsessed with everything that I do and I have a great time doing it. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. And I, I, I love all your uh, Enneagram stuff. You know, I, I'm a huge Enneagram enthusiast. I'm a sol- I'm a, like an Enneagram three with an Enneagram three wing. Like it's just so three. And so I find such freedom, a little bit of shame, but also freedom in really like understanding my type. My type does not define me, right? But but yep. it also helps me understand how I see the world and how I come across to other people as well. Absolutely. Tell me about your your type. Let's just go down that road real quick. Like, tell me about your type and, and what was it like for you to kind of figure that out and and how has that helped you in your business? Oh my gosh, I think it has been life changing. Truly, truly life changing. I am a two wing three, but literally the my wing three is so dominating that if I would not know to look at the core desires, I would a hundred percent think that I was a three. Um, I have almost all of the behaviors as a three, but I do have the heart and the core desire that aligns with a two. And the reason that matters in business is because not only do I want to help people, but as a two, I want to help people for free all the time. I will break my leg for you. And that's not a good business model. (laughs) So honestly, learning more about my Enneagram type helped me understand the value, the actual value that I'm bringing and that I'm able to bring and that it's okay, you know, to not give everything I own away for free. So that is, that was really huge. Also, it taught me not to take things personally, you know, any time that I was in the corporate world or really just any job prior to working for myself, I had to figure that out, right? The personalities in the office can be so different. And when I figured out that, you know, other people have different personality types and not to take anything personal, it was life-changing. So that's how it's definitely helped me in business. I'm sure the listener has gone down the road of Enneagram, but if you haven't, you definitely have to check out Ainsley on Instagram, but also there's just something really powerful about understanding kind of your natural bent, right. And just kind of how you, how you see the world. And then like you're saying, like understanding that other people don't see the world the same way. I know as a business coach, I work with a lot of non threes. And so they actually kind of rent my threeness, you know, it's kind of a value (laughs) proposition. It's like, I will be your three. So you can be the best one or two or whatever that you can be. 
Yes. That's such a good idea. I guess like rent my threeness, honestly, because my husband is a three and I hearing you say that I'm like, Oh, that's what I'm doing. Whenever I'm like picking his brain I mean, like, how can I monetize this? Because he is just like you're saying a three with the three wing for sure. And uh, so that's really, that's such a gift. Gosh, it's such a gift. And every gift has like every, every type has its shadow side or it's dark side Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we're all the body and we, and we need each other. You can't just, can't just be a foot all day long, right? We need, we need each other. Yes. Yes. 100%. (laughs) So with everything you have going on, tell me about a habit, uh, a practice, a routine that's really helped you to uh, keep moving your business forward. This is very Enneagram two of me, what I'm about to say, but the relational aspect of what I do in business in general has really been something that uh, I guess has helped me grow. So I think it's Jesse Eisler maybe um, who talks about this. He talks about making like three points of contact or at least uh, 10 minutes a day of reaching out, uh, making a handwritten note or sending a text or something like that, making a personal contact with someone. Mm -hmm. And that is like my dream. I'm like, great. Yes, of course. Like be relational done. Check, check, check. So, but I really did find that that was key in growing my business. I mean, whenever I'm thinking about the people um, at orange that I write for every now and then it's, it is so relational. And I love that. I love a familial feel in business. Like if any, in an intern of mine or uh, my podcast editor, I want them to feel like they are, could come stay at my house for a weekend and it feel just like family. So that aspect has really helped me grow my business. And it's not with, you know, an intention of networking. It's just with an intention of, no, I actually care about the people that are doing the work, um, that are, have similar common goals or have a similar heart. Like we have to stick together because work in general is just kind of crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So having those people and making it a point three times out of my day to reach out to three different people and just check on them and just be like, Hey, are you staying alive in this crazy time? Because I'm, I might need a life raft and you might be the one to throw it to me. I, I love it. What's your strategy there? Do you do you like Instagram DM, like a text message? Like what, what kind of outreach do you do each day? Okay. You want to know um, how psycho I am? Of course. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. <laughs> so I have a list in the back of my planner. I have a paper planner mm-hmm. and it is a list of all of my friends. <laughs> it's the best. I love that. <laughs> because usually anyone I work with is going to end up being a friend. Yeah. So I have them separated by city. And honestly, if like, I I have all their birthdays and stuff, you know, I used like postable, got all the addresses and birthdays and everything. But sometimes if I'm like, I don't know who to check on, I'll literally just go down the list and I'll be like, who have I not checked on in the last, you know, month or two months or whatever. Um, But I literally have them listed out. So anytime I'm in that city, I can make sure to reach out. I won't forget anyone. I have all their birthdays and all of that. So that's kind of like the practical strategy. I will do that in whatever way I know that they communicate. Mm -hmm. So maybe my friend, Anna loves handwritten notes. She will send letters. So I'm going to send her a letter. Uh, My friend, Aaron, big gift giver, but they're not big gifts. 
Yeah. Like yeah. she'll send like a magnet or a card or something. So I'll do that with her and um, just kind of learn however they communicate best. I hate, I hate voice memos like Voxer, but two of my friends love it. So I'm on Voxer and I'm like, uh, cause you know why I just can't keep up. Like, I can't remember all the things we talked about, but if I can read it, then I can address it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's just whatever way fits their mold, what is more efficient for them, what fits into their life easier. Mm-hmm. So they're able to respond versus this constant kind of, um, back and forth. And the last thing I want to note is that every year at the end of the year, I do a friend inventory and it is literally I'll add people to my list or um, honestly, sometimes I've had to take them off because a boundary was crossed and we just probably aren't going to be friends anymore. And that's okay. But I will literally go and take a friend inventory. Who have I not poured into enough this year? Who do I need to pour into more or less? Like they're really crazy hectic. They don't need me right now. Those kinds of things. Who, where can I meet this person where I'm at? And I created a free download on my website on for friend inventories. If anybody wants to do a friend inventory, I think they're really fun. So you can make a list of your friends too. <laughs> I had something kind of similar and I talked about it in my book a little bit, like the idea of like kind of assessing your friends and seeing like, are they plus minus or, or even like, are they adding, mm. you know, are they, are they adding to, you know, what you're doing and where you're going? Are they taking away from it? Or are they kind of neutral? And, but I, but I love the idea of like having a download. So we'll definitely make sure we point to that in the, in the show notes. I love the plus minus. It's a, a it's a good way to think about it too. Yeah, for sure. What's, what's something that you'd say that you see female Christian entrepreneurs doing that they need to stop? Easy. What I was doing, undervaluing what I'm offering. I had a friend of mine who was thinking about doing online mentoring, which I've been doing for a couple of years. And the price that she was talking about and the things that she would do to serve this person, I'm like, you are going to be losing money. You're going to eventually, you're going to feel burnt out. You're going to feel taken advantage of. You're going to feel resentment towards your client. And you never want that. You never, ever want that. So um, that is the, I, I truly, truly think in the circle that I'm in, the number one thing that is crippling uh, female entrepreneurs. I mean, I had a text yesterday in a group text of women who, you know, one of them was talking about potentially leaving ministry, but she was like, I know you don't go into ministry for the money, but we really need money. And I'm like, yeah, you need money. You got to have money. You got to survive. You have kids, you have a family, you need, you need these things. You can still minister to people and make money. It's just absolutely possible. So I raise my prices every year and it may not be much, but it's still, I have made, I have put in a year of effort, a year of growth, a year of personal development, a year of what I'm going to pour out in this next year. And that is valuable. I think that that's the number one thing I see. Is that something that you see often? A worker is due his wages. When when Jesus sent out the, the first kind of missionary journey, he, he sent out, what is it? The, the 70, it wasn't the, just the disciples. It was actually like the 70. And he sent them out two by two into the, into the neighboring towns to go preach. And, and what he said in that is basically don't fund your own ministry. He said, don't mm-hmm. bring an extra tunic. Don't bring an extra bag of, of money. Instead, mm-hmm. deliver the service, right? Bring the message. If they receive you, st- stay. 
If they receive you into your, their house, eat with them. Like stay in the home, enjoy their hospitality. If they reject you, right? Shake off the dust and <laughs> walk on. Um, but, and, and he says, because a worker is due his wages. And I think there's just this, this, this spirit in Christianity today that has this ministry mindset that somehow if you're in ministry, it equals poverty. And, yes. and a lot of um, entrepreneurs that I work with have a ministry background. So they're bringing that poverty mindset into their business and they're going broke doing it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a secret. The highest paying job I've ever had before I started working for myself was in ministry because I knew what value I was bringing to the table. And I was like, this is what I can do. And I poured my heart out and heart and soul out. And I don't resent the work that I did. And I don't feel taken advantage of in all of those things. And I think that that's huge. It also reminded me, I just am launching this online course kind of, there's, there's going to be a few of them, but they're miniature versions. And I was going to price it pretty low. And my friend Blake was like, you just put a month of online mentoring into like an hour course. You need to price it like you'd price your online mentoring or maybe a little less because you're not getting the personal, you know, face-to-face piece of it. But I was like, oh, like you're, you're so right. Like I was even undervaluing myself and my work now today. So I think it's, incredible that, you know, we can have a community to pull us up by our bootstraps and be like, no, you're underselling yourself. You need to charge more. You are worth it. And when people pay, they pay attention. Mm -hmm. The biggest customer service issues I've ever had in my, in my personal business and also in businesses that I'm invested or involved in are always with people who are not fully invested in it. We have a membership site and, and we have a lifetime membership, an annual membership, a monthly membership. And then sometimes we do like a little two week trial the two week trial for a dollar, the two week trial, people that do the two week trial are the ones that complain the most. It's not the people that spent $1,500 to be a lifetime member. It's the people that spent a dollar. Yep, exactly. Ainsley, tell me about a biblical principle or a Bible verse that has helped you uh, move forward in your business. I'll say that currently in the world, obviously it's mass chaos (laughs) and that is created uh, or forced entrepreneurs to be very malleable in their work. And I mean, the fact that so many things can be online is is really great. They always could be, but now everyone's like, oh, you know, I could have done that online the whole time, <laughs> um, which is really great. But regardless, with everything on such shaky ground, I think that the number one verse that I pray really over my whole life, but definitely over my business is Psalm 91. And I mean, it starts out, you know, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. And it just goes down and prays a prayer of protection over you, over your business, over whatever area of life that you are praying over verse five, where it says you, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. It's always something that I remind myself of because my income is inconsistent every month. Some months it's lower, some months it's higher. And that verse five, anytime I have a lower month, I'm like, you will not fear the terror, the terror of the night nor the arrows that fly by day. Or whenever I first made the leap of leaving a desk job, I should say, or salary position um, and working for myself. That was the verse that I was like, you will not fear the terror of the night because making that jump is so scary. I mean, you're like, literally everything I do depends on me and what I set up for my business. And um, so that's definitely 
the verse that I pray over every single morning. I put on the armor of God and I pray Psalm 91 as I'm kind of sitting down at my desk about to jump into whatever the day may hold because no day is the same in the entrepreneurial life. Um, and also any any um, verse or I can't think of one that's coming to my mind right now, but anything that fights like fatigue or um, exhaustion, I'll pray a prayer of protection over that too, because I, I think that fatigue is a plague of the entrepreneur. Um, if, you know, time, life and work balance isn't done well or at all, it can lead to such um, burnout or, and exhaustion. So praying that for that specifically um, has been really helpful for me. And I think it's helpful for other people to remember that, to remember that you are walking in the calling that he has placed on your life. And that is incredibly encouraging. That endurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's like a 10 million verses that are now like zoom, mm-hmm. zoom, zoom, they're fl- <laughs> flashing all over my head. But I will say Psalm 91, prayer protection over my business, prayer protection over my energy and um, just well-being and everything. When I think about the terror of night, it's, it's worry. It's, mm-hmm. is, is it going to go well? I'm yeah. about to launch the thing. I'm about to send that email. I work with a lot of mm-hmm. authors. So it's, it's, I'm sending the query letter. My, my editor just got the manuscript. What's going to happen is that worry at night. And then I think about the arrows during the day is like those social media comments. It's like people trying to take you down because you're standing up for something for standing yeah. up for what you believe in online. And it's, yeah. it's both. It's like your own self-talk worry at night. And then what are people going to say about me? Absolutely. Those are two very good examples of, of those things. I mean, I recently got a manuscript back from my editor and I kind of had a lump in my throat before I pressed open. Cause I'm just like, what am I about to open? It's just going to be torn to shreds. And there are so many things that they did want to change. And I had to remember that God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste any lesson. He doesn't waste any words. He doesn't waste any time. And this is not something to fear rather to grow and learn from. So I will not fear that terror of the night that definitely kept me up at night. Mm -hmm. And also the arrow that flew by day. That was honestly the enemy whispering in my ear. That was like, oh yeah, you probably weren't cut out for this. Maybe this wasn't your where you should have been. And I'm like, sit down, sir. I have work to do. Thank you. I can't remember who said it, but one of an editor at a, at a major house told, told me once that 60% of all authors return their advance, that they give up on the book deal and they never follow through. 60%. 60%. Now it might just be with that one publishing house it, it's in more in the faith-based space and i think there's just so so much overwhelm and discouragement and even like more arrows when you're trying to share sure. right when you're trying to share a biblical message but think mm-hmm. about that 60 percent of the people that they finally got the book deal and they're so excited and they got an advance and even if it's a big advance or small advance they they think it's better to give up on the project and turn the money back in than to push through the resistance and finish the project wow I would, I would truthfully believe that about, I mean, almost any publishing house that sounds like it's shocking, but it's also like, wow. Yeah. 
I could see that. Just a quick second to tell you about a free resource that's going to help you get clarity as you seek to start and grow your business. It's called the One Page Business Blueprint. And I'm going to give it to you for free. You just go to briandixon.com slash blueprint to download it today. Tell me about your mindset. I know that we've talked about a little bit already, but that there's that there's that self-talk, there's doubt, there's discouragement. There's all these things that come up in the life of an entrepreneur, but specifically in the mind of an entrepreneur. How do what's your mindset? And and do you have a tip for those that are listening? The thing that comes to mind is and I just barely touched on it a second ago, but the walking in confidence in your calling will create an unshakable mindset because whenever things happen and they will, it's going to feel, you're going to get that letter back. You're going to get the, the no, you're going to get all kinds of discouragement, but they're not the creator of the universe (laughs) who actually said to go do this thing. So that is the confidence that I really cling to is like, yeah, Half the time, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what? The creator of the universe told me to do this. So I'm just taking one step in front of the other. And I think that's probably the only thing that keeps my mindset straight is remembering that this is not something I necessarily chose. I didn't even know this was a career. This was a God dream that he put in my heart that he asked me to pursue. And in my obedience, it's going to be difficult. And I was never promised comfort. I was never promised an easy road, but I was promised eternal life and blessing and obedience and nearness to the Lord. Whenever I'm walking with him, doing the things that he, uh, you know, challenged me or commissioned me or told me to do. And I see it. I see it in the work that I'm doing. If I get someone that may just send me a nice message. I'm like, Oh, thank you for that confirmation, Lord. And I don't take it as a like, Oh, this is Ainsley, you know, getting this compliment. This is the Lord doing the work because he knows he's working with the broken vessel and he's the only thing that can keep me together. But really the, my mindset is his strength and my weakness is probably how to sum summarize it. So if anybody out there is like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is crazy. This is hard. Yeah. Okay, great. You're in the right place. Now just lean on the Lord and let his strength come through in your weakness because you don't have to be strong. You just have to be obedient. You just have to listen. You just have to tune into what he, what he's telling you to do. We had an event this, this last weekend and like a business coaching training and event from a, from a kingdom perspective. So everybody, everybody claimed faith that that was in the room. And there were a couple logistics that just weren't working themselves out. Like we just couldn't figure it out. And I wanted to have that part figured out. And, and sort of, we just decided, you know what, we're just going to show up. We're just going to surf and we're going to be present and we're going to listen and mm-hmm. it's good. God's going to do something. And we don't know yeah. what, like there was this gap and we don't know what's going to happen. And of course God filled that gap, but we, and we just had to be there, you know, and that's yeah. all it was. It wasn't that we weren't prepared and, and planned. We weren't excellent. Of course that we did all the things you're supposed to do, but yeah. there was just this one block that we just couldn't get right. And I think it really was a, a, a test of faith, which was just like, do you trust me with that time? You know, we're like, okay, Lord, like we literally like, <laughs> We don't know what we're supposed to do here, but this is what it sounds like. And that was one of the sweetest moments of the whole like work- workshop was that that space that we allowed. Yeah, I love that. I remember one time that reminds me of one time I got went to a speaking engagement and they were like, oh, um, so you're speaking at this time and this time. And I was like, 
two because uh i didn't know about that second one and that was one of those things where i was like okay i mean i'm here i'm not just gonna like leave for this second speech so i was like all right lord you just you're just gonna have to speak because i literally have no words and he did and it was better than the first one obviously i'm like oh of course you would show me up like that <laughs> but it, it was just one of those things if we just rely on him and we're like okay i'm gonna surrender he's gonna be like okay watch this and it's gonna be incredible watch this that's just such a good mindset i will do that in some of my keynotes like when i'm at speaking in a, a faith-based event and mm-hmm. it's just like i walk out and i know what the slides are and i know what i'm supposed to say and i know what it says on the program and god's just like wait And I'm like, what now? You want me to wait now? I'm on it. They just did the thing. They just did the big video thing and the music thing. And I'm out here and I'm standing on the edge of the stage. And he just goes, wait. And I'm like, what? I did that maybe two years ago. And just this flood, I just want to blame the Holy Spirit for it. It Just this flood of just emotion came over me. And I just start crying. And first, I didn't say a word. And then I was just like, we need to pray right now. (laughs) I just started praying. And it was just like, okay, you know, in the moment, and just in the moment. Yeah. And just, and it was like, God, I think God just redirected what I'm supposed to do right now. Mm-hmm. That feels really weird, but let's go. And you could just, it's like the people were ready for it, you know, but I didn't think they were in my own mind that sure. they wanted my seven step process. You know, it wasn't that they, they, they wanted to hear from the Lord, but of course they wanted to hear from the Lord. And the Lord was like, you wait. Yeah. Yeah. You, you pause for a second. Let me do some things. Let me prepare their hearts. Let me work. Yeah. And then you'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. I had three women after that came up to me and say, um, basically said, I've never, I've never seen a guy cry on stage before. And I needed to see that. Wow. I needed to see that. And I was That's like, amazing. Okay. There you go. You Done. know, there you go. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Mm. I love that. Ainsley, tell me about opportunity. I know you, you've got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things that you're working on, which is really, really fun. So you're mm-hmm. serving people. And I know somebody listening right now feels like she's really stuck. Maybe she's been trying to do something. It's just not connecting and just wants to yes. give up. Where, where do you see opportunity? What kind of encouragement could you have for her? I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is serve the next girl and empower the next girl even while you're in the middle of your figuring out, because it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you'll give someone advice that you never took yourself. And the advice is like so clear whenever you're telling it to someone else and you're like, Oh, well, maybe I need to be doing that too. And yet it's serving someone else, but you, you get poured into yourself as well. And whether that's, I mean, tangible, like things online right now that are opportunities are reels, 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 guides, you know, courses, all of those things that you can, you can do all kinds of things online, video, uh, podcasting. That's, you just have to write your own permission slip and just do it. So the opportunity, as far as like that kind of thing is everywhere. But if you're like, I just don't know where to start. I don't know who needs to hear what 
Go to your community and ask them what they need to hear. Go to the people that you want to serve and ask them what, what they need. A lot of the people that I serve are going to be late high school and into college girls. That's a ton of my uh, work. So whenever I feel stuck, whenever I feel like I don't know what to do, I'm going to go to the girls that I mentor and I'm going to be like, Hey, what is going on in your life right now? What, how can I help? And you will just hear their pain points. And then you will know the lesson that the Lord taught you in that and pour that out. And then in turn, I mean, I use every conversation I have as content at some point, it may not be, um, you know, immediately, but if I have a conversation about dating, I'm going to turn that into a post or a TikTok if it's something Enneagram related. There's opportunity everywhere, but I think it's the most powerful and the most revealing whenever you look at the people you want to serve and just ask them, what do you need? The more conversations I have with people, the more I'm like, oh, like this is a good example for this. And so I need to write it down so I can do it. Like you said, a TikTok on it or an Instagram reel or an Instagram post or an email or maybe a course, maybe a keynote document don't create. So the idea is Mm. like, you just document as you're doing, just document as you're doing, as you're going about your, your day. Like I just, I filmed a TikTok that I haven't posted yet because I haven't edited yet, but it was like, how do you get ready for an interview? (laughs) Like right before our interview, I was like, oh, these are the three things I do before a podcast interview. I'm like, yeah, there's probably some podcasters that would want to know that. So here are the three things I do do before a podcast interview. You know, you just film it because I'm already doing it. I don't have to go like, what am I going to post today? Just document what you're already doing. Or anytime I have a question about anything, I ask everyone else. I'm like, what was your life like during this time? Or I asked yesterday if there was a dating how-to article, Mm -hmm. what would, what questions did you want to see on it? And that was really for my book. I I wanted to know what questions they wanted to ask. Or I thought something was really funny the other day. My husband asked me where I wanted to put the Christmas tree up. I'm like, it is a hundred degrees outside, sir. I could not care less about a Christmas tree right now. Turns out a lot of my audience cares a lot. (laughs) They care about Christmas. And that's just a fun interactive piece, but it's something like you just said, document, don't create. I think that's a really great uh, line. I'm going to keep that in my mental bank. Um, or just keep it in my mind for my everyday life. Okay. I'm making lunch. I'm trying to be more domestic these days, you know, about to be a mom and I'm trying to cook meals, which I didn't do before. And I'm like, maybe I should document this. I don't know. It could be cool for other people who don't normally cook. And they're like, what's the easiest thing to do? Throw it all in a pot. So good. (laughs) But I like that. I like that. You said that that's a really good point. One of my pastors said long time ago, he said, you know, the key to discipleship is never go anywhere by yourself. You're going to go fill up your gas in the middle of the day. You got to go fill up your gas. Just say to the intern, Hey, let's go fill up gas. You got to yeah. go pick up something. Hey, let's go pick up something. Just bring people with you. Just, yep, that's good. just bring people with you. And I think you can do that on Instagram stories too. You can do that on TikTok. You do that in your email. Like, Hey, I got a really slam day. This is what I'm, I'm doing today. Here's a couple of things that I, I would want to share about it. What about you? That's a great yeah. email to your list. Just tell them what you're doing. I love that. That's a really good point. I like that not going anywhere alone. That's really good. So fun. All right, Ainsley, I could talk to you all day. Tell me, where can we learn more about you? You got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, and I I know it'd be fun to, you know, take your course, get your book, hire you as a speaker, all that. So like, where where do we find all the things? Sure. Um, I'm Ainsley B on Instagram. 
And AinsleyBritton.com is my website that obviously has all the things on it. And if anybody is listening to this and they feel stuck, maybe they need guidance or encouragement or just advice, I'm happy to give 25% off of a single online mentoring session if they would be interested in that. So just shoot me an email with um, naming this podcast and that you're interested in a single online mentoring session and we'll do 25% off. That is at info at AinsleyBritton.com. So fun, Ainsley. And I got one last question for you. Yeah. Would you be willing to pray for our listener today? Yes, 100%. Lord, thank you so much for your children um, that you have chosen and appointed um, to be your hands and feet on this earth. It's such an honor. And the listener today, I, I just pray a specific prayer over the listener who feels discouraged or tired um, and remind them of your strength being made perfect in their weakness and uh, the reminder to submit to a dependence on you and you alone. Um, even if if the physical is tired, there's strength in the Lord. He will um, carry you on wings like eagles. He will, I'm just imagining like a, a mom who has this passion burning in her heart and the kids just will not nap. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, you know, actual physical or metaphorical, but um, just praying for a peace and a time of day that becomes routine that is for them and for them to feel the nearness of God and the, uh, the, the dependence that they're being invited to do so that, that they can be weak, so that he is made strong and that they share that with other people in their lives, that they're able to be like, gosh, I was exhausted, and then I just feel a refreshment from the Lord, even though I'm still not sleeping. (laughs) Um, And I just pray that strength and blessing and clarity on the purpose and the calling that He has placed in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ainsley, thanks so much. Thank you. I've had so much fun hanging out. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is your opportunity to make sure that you do not miss a show as they come out. Also, if you could leave a comment, let me know where you watch the show, where you're based, what your business is. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more, see how I can help you move your business forward. Thanks again.